What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pixels Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. And let me just get straight to the chase today. For those of you watching this video, you already know what's up. But for my podcast listeners out there, we unfortunately are down one illustrious co-host today. Uh, Blake could not be with us. So filling in, as always, is my boy Jeremy over there. A man of few words, but um, great presence nonetheless. So, um... Yeah, I think we had it wasn't the it wasn't the most recent episode of Worlds Beyond before this, but the one before that, I think we had uh, Jeremy fill in as well. So you guys know the drill at this point. Um, Blake's just going through an insanely busy time right now. Um, so unfortunately, we couldn't squeeze this in, uh, which means this will be a little bit different from our normal episode. It will basically just be a recap, but um, I will probably include, you know, a very brief kind of just sharing of the thoughts on the episode as a whole once i complete the recap um and i i don't think i said this yet but this is about worlds beyond number obviously but you know if you're watching on youtube you already knew that and uh probably if you're listening on podcast you knew that as well uh so we will be recapping episode 21 of worlds beyond number but before we jump into that um just the same announcements as always y'all um, we've got Critical Role this week, <clears throat> and excuse me, um, whew, for my Critical Role fans, you'll know that Blake uh, actually was absent for our most recent episode of that, and the jury is still out if he is going to be absent for this week's Critical Role discussion as well. If he is, I'm um, flirting with the idea of maybe um, doing a little bit of a different... Um, Instead of our normal discussion, which we obviously can't have, I'm flirting with the idea of maybe doing a little bit of a different style, um, but still workshopping that. And uh, for you Worlds Beyond people, if Blake again has to miss our next episode of that, I similarly might do something different with the show so that we can still have somewhat of a some interesting content besides just the recap. But I don't think that'll be the case because, you know, obviously we've got two weeks before the next Worlds Beyond episode. So hopefully Blake will be back in action by then. Um, but yeah, still unsure on the next Critical Role episode. Other than that, uh, let me just give the general plug. Come join our Discord. There will be a link down in the description box below. For those of you on YouTube, and you know, I've never thought about this, but for anybody that is podcast only um, that has wanted to join the Discord, um, I don't know what the best, I guess probably the best way to find it would just be to go check us out on YouTube, but, uh, maybe I'll, maybe we'll think of a, a, maybe I can put it in the, uh, in the podcast somewhere as well. Anyways, join us there. We got great discussions going, trying to get these Sunday Funday watch parties back up and running. Those should be back in effect this week. Um, we forwent it, is forwent a word? Foregone is. Anyways, we didn't do one this past Sunday due to the Super Bowl, so congrats to all my Chiefs fans out there, or my Taylor Swift fans as well, I suppose. Um, but hopefully going to be back with those this Sunday. And then similarly, um, <clears throat> I wanted I want to get back on track with our Fantasy High watch parties. I wanted to mention this in our Worlds Beyond discussion because I know, you know, we got a lot of Brennan fans and uh, Dimension 20 fans here, I'm sure. So I had never seen Fantasy High, um, so I started watching it and uh, 
basically did watch parties as I watched it for anybody else that wanted to join me. Um, and we cruised through almost the entire first season. Um, but then it's been like a couple of months since we've watched an episode and actually all we have left is the finale of year one. So I really want to get back on track with those. Those watch parties are less structured, um, for our Sunday fun day. You know, we have that typically every Sunday at 7 PM or excuse me, 7 30 PM central time. But for these fantasy high watch parties, it's basically just whenever I can squeeze them in. So if that does interest you, you need to join the discord. There's a special role for people interested in that watch party. And basically whenever that's going to happen, I'll send out a ping to those people to let them know. Anyways, all that to say is I want to get back on track with that because I've heard Fantasy High Junior Year has been fantastic, and so I would love to be up to speed to be able to check that out as well. Um, other than that, our live stream this Friday should still be happening, um, <clears throat> but you know, don't fully quote me on that, but I've got like an 80% confidence rate that that will be occurring, and that is at 1 p.m. Central United States time as well. This Friday, come hang out with us. We talk everything, just whatever you guys want to talk about, really. Um, plus, we've got a channel in the Discord for any like specific questions you want to throw at us. But other than that, I think that's all we got as far as announcements. So, let's jump into this recap. And we will be recapping again episode 21 of Worlds Beyond Number, The Taboo of Passage. And we always cut that recap out, so if you happen to find yourself just on the recap of this episode but you're interested in our full episode, it'll be linked down in the description box below. Alrighty, y'all, and bear with me because this is, you know, just a massive wall of notes that I'm going to be reading from, so may occasionally need to pause to clear my throat or the like. So let's get into it. Again, this is The Taboo of Passage. So we pick up in this episode with um, the arrival of about 40 or more skyships. Um, <clears throat> A bunch of them from the Saraz Imperium. And these are landing in various places in the Citadel. A bunch of them are going to Haverwort, but we also know that um, some are going to basically each platform of the, you know, cyclical clockwork platforms of the Citadel. And the ones that go in Haverwort, basically, like all these soldiers storm out, and the crew notices, uh, the crew meaning Suvi, Ursulan, and Ame, notices that people are being like drugged out of Haverwort back to these skyships. And <clears throat> so the crew's trying to get a pulse on like what this is, you know, Suvi wants to know if this is something that, or rather Abria wants to know if this is something that Suvi would be used to, if she's seen something like this before. Um, and she's basically told that like, it feels normal, but it doesn't feel normal. Like seeing somebody arrested is not something new to her, but this, this feels a bit off. It feels like, I think the analogy they gave was like, sure, you've seen helicopters in the sky before, but have you been in close proximity to like an actual police raid? And so that's what it feels like. They also notice that all of like the gates are being shut. Like the Citadel is going on a lockdown. Because of this, Ursulon wants to know if they will be able to leave. Because as we know, Ame needs to get out and make it to this meeting uh, that is happening in three days. So Suvi's like, let's go find out. Um, and they basically, they can either go straight to like, go talk to Steel, who again has arrived back with this, you know, fleet of skyships coming in. 
Um, so if they want to go straight talk to her or if they want to stop by the Tower of the Glove, a.k.a. Suvi's house, to pick up all of the things that they had basically requested, um, which we'll talk more about this later. But, you know, Suvi had requested a bunch of books and information. So they decide for now it's more imperative to go talk to Steel as soon as possible. So they head to the Tower of the Sword and see that, you know, this massive skyship is basically docked at this tower um, because the Tower of the Sword specifically has like this big bridge up top where essentially basically two skyships could dock is the way I understood it at least. Excuse me. Um, so they arrive and they can see that there's a big to-do basically at the Tower of the um, Sword and Suvi, you know, pulls aside one guard that's like leaving and is like, hey, like what's going on? And the guard says that um, they found out there's basically some traitors within the Citadel. Um, the guard says that none of them are within, you know, Malacanth Court itself, but these traitors have had access to certain wizards' research. So, like, they're going to try to find these traitors, basically. Um, and <clears throat> so they keep moving on, going to the sword, uh, the Tower of the Sword, excuse me. And inside, um, Suvi notices Sonder, who is Steel's husband. And also the wizard Slate is there, who Suvi has some, you know, familiarity with, some acquaintance with. Um, <clears throat> so Slate speaks to them. And um, it's a very tense moment. Um, and Ame just kind of speaks out of turn saying like, hey, what's going on here? And it's like very awkward because, again, this is like a very <laughs> tense moment. And this witch that is not of this place is kind of like stepping out of line, if you will. <clears throat> so Suvi kind of like tries to, you know, mend things. Um, and basically they're like getting filled in about who are these people with you, Suvi. And she's like, you know, uh, this is Bear. You know, he's my protector. And, you know, Ame is this witch. And then they ask about her fox. And Ame says, oh, you know, don't worry about him. He just goes as he comes and goes as he pleases. And she's kind of like stepped out of place again with that statement, causing like more heads to kind of turn. Um because, you know, here again is a witch who is basically kind of flaunting the fact that she can come and go as she pleases. So um, getting kind of awkward. But again, Suvi kind of steps in and tries to smooth things over um, and says that, you know, hey, that fox is not a summoned beast. It's like a real live fox. Um, and Slate at this point is like, OK, um, excuse me a moment. And she steps away. So <clears throat> Sonder then fills them in and is like, hey, it's going to be one of those days. Steel has a lot on her plate. She's stressed out going through a lot. And Suvi, she's like upset that she isn't able to share this news with you herself, but you know, she's busy basically. Um, so Slate then returns and is like, Hey, can you guys come upstairs with me? <clears throat> and four soldiers, um, accompany her. And so then all of them start to head upstairs and Ursula does an insight check. And Brennan tells him that he gets a, like a bad feeling as they're going and he can basically feel that these soldiers are ready to like act should they need to like basically ready to jump them if things go south and he can kind of feel this energy the most from the wizard slate herself so <clears throat> they go up the stairs they arrive at Steele's office and a lot's going on it's cluttered it's busy there are tons of people in this room and um Steele looks you know stressed but she's standing over like a map, you know, classic like more map with all the pieces all over it. Um, basically having a tense conversation with a bunch of people. Suvi doesn't recognize any of the people she's speaking to, but she can kind of um, tell who they are uh, by their station, kind of by how they're dressed. So there is an older woman wearing white robes with a big staff 
and an amulet of the Sarah Imperium on it. So Subi recognizes her as the Grand Vizier of the Empire, basically like the court mage of the royal family. Um, and she is the Wizard Grey. <clears throat> There's also a robed automaton made of brass. And then there are two people who look like um, soldiers. Soldiers maybe isn't the right word, but there's two people of the Imperium. One is like a general who is decorated with lots of medals. And then one is like a deputy of war, like a bureaucrat, not like the top brass of the position, but maybe like one step down. Um, <clears throat> Steel clearly isn't comfortable that all of these people are in her house. Um, and the way Brennan describes it is like the airship landed here and they just decided to like have this meeting in the first possible place, which was Steel's tower. Uh, but she's like, hey, we should just go to the Pyrian Dome. Like that's where everyone is being assembled. And that's where we'll have all of the materials we need as far as scrying. Like, can we get out of here? That's where we should go. <clears throat> um, and the Subi can tell that like the area on the map that they are focused on is like a border between Galthmai and Ruv. So the maps are basically gathered up and everyone gets prepared to go to the Pyrian Dome. Um, and as this happens, we've got some insight checks being made. And um, Suvi notices that the uh, Grand Vizier is like kind of keeping eyes on her and her group. And so are those generals. They're doing the same thing. But the automaton is not focused on them. They instead are focused on the people they're with. So the automaton is watching the Grand Vizier and these generals. Um, <clears throat> so Steel approaches... Um, excuse me, she approaches Suvi and Ame and Ursulan and basically says that, hey, a lot's going on and it's kind of unnerving because this is a rare occasion where I don't know where this investigation is leading. So, you know, typically she kind of knows what she's getting into. Like, you know, for example, if there's a traitor, like she knows who it is and she knows why. In this case, she doesn't know what they're going to find. So this is like really bad. And she says the war is gonna start up again. It's just a matter of how quickly. So <clears throat> they tell Steel that like, hey, Ame needs to travel out of here. She needs to get to Toma immediately. Um, can, are we like allowed to leave? And Steel says like, yes, you can. But like the Citadel cannot facilitate that travel for you. But like if you have a way to go, like feel free. You're welcome to. Um, Steel just says like, we have no way to guarantee your safe passage right now through like the normal channels. So Ame then basically describes like what's going on with her, why this matter is so important. <clears throat> and Steel is like, wait, what? And Steel clearly wants some more information because Ame tells her that like the fate of humanity and which relations kind of are at stake here. Um, so Ame kind of does her best to explain the situation, but doesn't like fully explain because she can tell Steel doesn't know certain things. Uh, like we find out that Steel apparently didn't know about this coven of elders. So Ahmed kind of tries to tread the line of like being honest, but not just revealing everything since she doesn't need to. Um, <clears throat> so Steele is like, I'm so sorry. Like, I know this is important, but like, can we please continue this conversation tomorrow? Because Steele's getting pulled in a million directions and she needs to go to the Pyrian Dome to deal with whatever is happening right now. Um, so, She's like, I know how important it is, but like, please, can we talk tomorrow? <clears throat> and Steel says that, um, I know you're the new witch of Toma. And so, you know, far be it from me to suggest any wisdom that you yourself don't see, but just know that there are a dozen ways that I can make a witch see anything I want her to see. So like, you need to be really careful 
And we've got to work as a team to figure this out because there are definitely powers out there that would have a lot to gain from scaring Ame and manipulating her. But she does say, like, the heavens and earth could put all their power into hurting you, but we would stop them. So we're going to talk tomorrow and nothing will happen to you. And then she takes her leave. So they leave. Um, and as they leave, basically everyone in that group acknowledges Suvi, like the Grand Vizier and the, um, the general and the automaton. However, the deputy minister of war does not acknowledge Suvi, like in a very kind of rude situation. Um, so then Suvi and co leave as well. And they're going to head back to Suvi's tower. Um, as they do, they arrive in and they essentially see first all of the things that they had asked to be gathered. Um, so Ursulan had asked for a shirt similar to the one that Paige Julio was wearing. And so he has that. And it's this shirt that is basically kind of enchanted with the sky. So like it's a blue shirt, but there are clouds kind of moving and the clouds will react to your touch or if you blow on them. Um, really cool. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then there is a small note from Zhao Court that has no other information on it besides basically some names and dates written. And these are the names of the paintings that Grandmother Ren took of these spirits. So um, we have Kashali-Lamasu, Ranbu-Frog Spirit, and Totan-Forge Spirit. Uh, and then additionally, we have all of the stuff Suvi requested, which is basically on three subjects. She wanted information about the stranger, that spirit, she wanted information on the Aquadarte. Uh, I never know if I'm saying that right. Aquadarte and the Antivoli. And finally, she wanted information on Ghost and Flicker if they had arrived to the Citadel. So Brennan has her roll three investigation checks and basically adds four to them, which is representative of Pejulia's skill to investigate and find these things. And Abria rolls abysmally. Like, <clears throat> I think it was like two threes and a five or something like that. Um, But... You know, she gets a little bit of a bonus and uh, Ame was actually get, able to give her a little bit of a guidance dice as well for the stranger. But still, all of the rolls were less than 10. So not great. <clears throat> they basically get a few books that are basically encyclopedias about certain spirits that there's really nothing um, helpful to find in. But interestingly, we do find out that apparently a lot of the books about the stranger, or at least that maybe would have contained information about the stranger had already been checked out from the library. Then as far as the, um, Aquadarti and the Antivoli, <laughs> Suvi basically gets like a fifth grade textbook about these things. So similarly, not helpful. And finally, regarding Ghost and Flicker, she finds out that there has been no record of a ghost arriving to the Citadel. Um, <clears throat> so Suvi kind of like writes her a little note, giving her some tips on how to research better. And uh, the crew then discusses what their next move should be. Ame wants to go ahead and leave right now. She does not want to wait till tomorrow to speak with Steel because time is of the essence. Um, however, they're talking about if they can't really utilize the Citadel's travel gates like what options do they really have because toma is far away she needs to meet with the elders in the north pole in three days and without basically portal travel there's no way to get to toma in that time so um they talk about why steel maybe said that she couldn't guarantee safe passage and they talk about the <clears throat> um taboo of passage and just like Subi explains that during times of war, one of the most crucial things is being able to move troops around 
expeditiously. So when war heats up like this, one of the first things that happens is portal travel is like attacked and messed with so that um, if you try it, you may end up somewhere that you didn't intend to. Um, they do still have the device that the wizard Sly gave them, which will basically get them to the North Pole. So that part is handled. It's just that Ame wants to go to Toma first. Um, so even after all this conversation, Ame is like, I still want to go now. And Suvi's like, we should really wait to talk to Steel. She might be able to help us. You know, it's only an extra 12 hours. And if Steel can help us, that will be worth it. Um, but Ame is like, no, I, I think we should go. And so they look to Ursulon. And Ursulon actually sides with Suvi, thinking like, you know, Steel might be able to help us. I think it's worth it if we stay. So Ame concedes and says, okay, we'll wait. Um, but she says, I'm going to go pack and prepare. And she kind of heads off and <clears throat> goes to her room. So Suvi and Ursulon decide if they could go get an update on Silver. Suvi wants to get the update and Ursulon says he'll come with her. So we cut to Ame in her room, who's basically having like an existential conversation with the fox. Uh, that turns into like this heart to heart because the fox can tell that she's like nervous and scared due to everything that's going on. And because of the connection they have, like the fox can feel that too. So they have this heart to heart and um, the fox is like, you know, you look like a fox that's caught in a trap um, and I can feel that. And Ame tells the fox that, you know, it's okay to be scared. Like being scared is good because it teaches us to like avoid certain things. And it's like really short circuits the fox's brain by thinking like oh like it can be okay to be scared like it serves a purpose and so he has to go lie down so Ame then packs everything up and is thinking back to like everything that's happened to her here and she specifically kind of lands on these thoughts about the perfect sapphire that Sly had told her about um, with grandmother Rin and then again remembers the taboo of passage um, <clears throat> and then she recalls in grandmother Rin's voice uh, this quote from her, which was, do not set foot upon the road. Something looms out there in the dark. A crunch of leaves underfoot. Some foxes only realize they've stepped in a snare once they're already in it. We then cut back to Suvi and Ursulon, who are approaching the Pyrian Dome to try to find more information. Um, and they actually run into the wizard slate once more. Um, Suvi says, like, hey, I'm just looking for a list of who made it back from Fort Kyrian. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, Slate says that, oh, Fort Kyrian, like she's surprised to hear that name, like her concerns and the things that are happening now are like far beyond Fort Kyrian. Um, and Slate's like, uh, Steel would know that information. And, you know, this meeting that she's in shouldn't last too much longer. So, like, I can take you up there afterwards if you'd like to speak with her. And Suvi then explains that, like, hey, yeah, no, like, I don't really want to talk to Steel about this. Like, I'm just trying to find out if a certain somebody made it back safe. And Slate can kind of pick up on what she's talking about. And they kind of have, like, a cute little conversation about, like, spilling the tea and the rumors and the young romances. Um, ooh, excuse me. And um, just a, it's a nice little kind of less tense moment between these two characters after what was going on earlier. Um, and Slate does say that while the first attack on Fort Kyrian, um, had massive casualties, like a lot of lives were lost of the reinforcements that were sent to deal with it after that, which of which silver would have been a part of, there were only very minor losses. So he's probably fine. Um, and <clears throat> the only little thing that happens at the end of this moment is, um, Suvi on a nat 20 perception, I believe, maybe it was an insight, but I think it was a perception, 
um, notices that, uh, well, excuse me, there's a little like fun, playful moment where like Slate is teasing Suvi um, and kind of like playfully shoves her. And so Suvi's like, you know, Ursulan, killer or something like that. And um, he says, like, not this time. And so there's this moment where Suvi rolls that nat 20 and can tell that um, Slate has cast detect magic and knows that Ursulan is wearing a, 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 excuse me, a glamour or an illusion. Um, But like nothing comes of that moment. Suvi just clocks it. So then uh, Suvi and Ursulan return back to the Tower of the Glove uh, and Ursulan trains with his tower shield while Suvi goes off to sleep. Um, and while he's training, he does notice that on either side of it, it can clearly like attach to other tower shields to make like a wall. And so he trains with that for a little bit and then switches to the other shield, the one that Ame found. It's like this golden, smaller shield. And as he's going to collect it, he does notice on this nearby table where there is, you know, some food and produce, there is a little basket of cream white mushrooms. And um, he looks at this and then looks down at the shield and can kind of see his reflection in it looking a lot like Suvi. Um, and he says he snacks on some of those mushrooms and kind of is inspired to go find some paint. And so he does. And then he describes he wants to paint this red um, tree with blue fruit on the cover of the shield. And Brennan asks for a performance check with advantage and also says that something nearby lends you a D10 inspiration. So Lou rolls and he gets a 31 total on this. And uh, he literally enters a flow state while painting. And he says that, you know, this painting basically represents his honor and his quest and Sir Curran. And he's choosing red for Ame and her for her kindness and generosity. And he's choosing blue for Suvi for her courage and charm. Um, and it's a tree of this world, not a spiritual tree, but there is a little mushroom at its base. And uh, Ursulan can feel like the magic flowing from him as he paints, and he's like using his magical breath in this way. So he has lain some sort of spell into this shield via this painting, but he doesn't know what it is, but he does know that the shield is enchanted. Well, okay. I don't know if Ursulan knows that the shield is enchanted, but but we do. Lou knows. Ursulan may or may not. And so he can kind of feel this inspiration as he's doing this. And he looks out the window. <clears throat> and there's this beautiful moment where Brennan basically describes that, you know, his sister once walked that um, road that he can see outside this very window. And he can feel that she left this piece of magic, this inspiration here to find him. And that's where the episode ends. Um, fantastic episode. But again, episode 21 of Worlds Beyond Number, The Taboo of Passage. So again, um, if you find yourself just on the recap, you can typically find a link to our full discussion down below. There won't really be one this week uh, since my co-host is not with me, but I will be sharing a very brief collection of my thoughts. But anyways, thank you for checking out the recap if you did. Um, but yeah, y'all, that that last moment, especially like I just I had a moment listening to that moment. It happened to be snowing outside when I was listening to that. And it just got me, man. Like that was so beautiful. Like, man. These folks are good at what they do, you know, not only Brennan for kind of crafting that moment, Lou for kind of teeing it up but also Taylor for the freaking score, man. And not just that moment, this entire episode 
this entire show really we've talked about it a lot but just knocking it out of the park the music always just transcends to the next level um this is a really interesting episode um similarly to the last time we didn't have blake i'm hoping we can speak a little bit about this in our next episode because there's some things to dissect here and discuss a lot of trap imagery you know specifically with the fox um but then again reiterated um by the the memory that ame recalled with grandmother Rin also using like foxes stuck in traps so i'm very curious about that like is ame currently in a trap and what would that mean if so what's the implication of that trap you know and maybe we don't know what it is yet but if we do you know could it be that steel is intentionally keeping her here uh you know we've we've spoken at length about our suspicions of steel i'm still not i don't know i still am leaning I don't know. I don't know. Actually, it's tough. But then there's also like, could Sly have been the one that's been like manipulating Ame, given what Steel said about like, there are many visions, like even I could give a witch to scare her. Um, But we just we all liked Sly so much. I don't want him to be like a manipulative bad guy. Um, So it's just really interesting. And maybe maybe Sly, even if he was manipulating her was doing it for like some greater good. Like maybe it's not just a, like a necessarily evil thing that he was doing. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so much to dissect and pick apart with all of this. So maybe we can get into it uh, at the start of our episode 22 discussion, but fantastic episode as always. Um, yeah. I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on this episode. So hit me in the comments, hit me on the discord, but um, I appreciate you guys sticking with me on this, especially when uh, it's just me. I know uh, some people probably going to be disappointed that we don't have our full discussion, but trust me, Blake and I are disappointed as well. So hopefully things will be back to normal by next time. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, y'all.